1: you have an Airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: he said that he'd kill me if I came here as I looked up I saw a face look out the window at me this little kid becomes like the devil
3: you can could- see seeds had just pain.
4: He lets things in that are really bad sometimes.
2: And I'm very, very concerned for the welfare of my son.
3: Like they could be standing right next to us right now as we speak?
4: Oh, yeah. They're being watched. My name is Amy Allen. This thing likes death. I see dead people. This thing's like a monster. I speak to dead people, and he's pissed off now. And they speak to me. His head was cracked. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. This guy was murdered. I rely on my partner.
5: I'm Steve Deshavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. I cannot help you unless I know the whole story. And I know every person, every house I see. You saw her? It's my job to reveal. Why would you stay here?
4: But Steve and I never speak.
5: We never communicate during an investigation.
4: Until the very end. Stop it. Stop, Stop it.
5: it. We uncover if it's safe for you to stay.
4: I want to know the truth. I want to know what's happening. We're time to get out. I
0: told you to go ghost in
4: house.
5: Amy and I conduct our investigation separately. I interview witnesses and uncover dark secrets from the past. While Amy communicates with the other side. At the end, we come together to reveal our findings. I'm in the small farming town of Belvedere, Illinois. It's about an hour and a half north of Chicago. We've been called in by a woman named Judy. She sounds hysterical. She says weird stuff is happening and it's tearing her family apart. She's afraid for her son and her dad. I'm hoping we can help her out because this one sounds bad.
0: Before Amy arrives, I clear the area of any leading information. This location is not only filled with pictures, but many unique items that I have to cover or remove. Once the house is cleared, Amy can begin her walk. So
4: there's like some really significant stuff going on here. In here, there are like these things, and they're like they're <laughs> creepy. <as laughs> I saw one walking um, in the yard, and it was like probably seven feet tall, huge, huge, and and they're just all over here.
5: Judy, you sounded really concerned on the phone and upset. I mean, what's going on?
2: Well, we're here at my dad's house. About 10 years ago, my son and I moved in here. And ever since we moved in, we're experiencing a lot on this property.
5: So what kind of things are happening?
2: We've heard noises, we've seen apparitions, and we've been physically touched. As a concerned mom, I wanted to get my son out of that situation. So about three years ago, we moved out of here about 10 miles away, and it hasn't stopped. Similar experiences are happening to us over there, and I'm very, very concerned for the welfare of my son.
5: Well, Julie, let me ask you, your father still lives here? He does. Okay, you concerned about that?
2: I am concerned about him and his welfare. While
4: it's opening, there was, like, this little boy who was fucked like five or six years old maybe, and blonde hair, and he didn't have any eyes. He looks like Angelic, but he's, uh, he's dark. He just had this like really bad, bad feeling about him. What the f- is burrowing under the ground? like some creepy thing, like not good and it has something to do with the little boy and the
2: barn. Feels weird creepy being back in here.
5: Okay. So, do me a favor. Why don't you tell me about some of the experiences you had while you were living here?
2: I've been brushed up against the back of my legs, my shirt kind of tugged a little bit, I've heard whistling, my name called, and my ear being tugged on.
5: Judy, how'd you wind up staying here so long with all this going on?
2: You know, Steve, I had to really try to hold it together for my son.
5: Uh, You're a tough woman, I give you credit. Had to be.
4: There's like a lot of hatred there with this child. A lot of hatred, and like he, he, he can interact, he does, he can and he does. I don't really get what he's doing or why a freaking five-year-old kid would go crazy. It's like this little kid becomes like
2: the devil.
5: So Judy, why are we here?
2: Well, I had to feed the animals for my dad who went out of town, so my girlfriend came with me, and as I looked up, I saw a face look out the window at me, and I immediately turned around, ran screaming towards the house.
5: Okay, now can you describe him for me as far as his features?
2: He had a round face, a big nose, and his eyes were dark.
5: If you had to guess an age, what would you say?
2: I would say mid-30s or 40s. The feeling I had in my stomach, it definitely wasn't anything human. This was ghostly looking. Okay. So I hear this
4: voice. It's really grumbly, like gravelly, like hoarse. He's like a like a madman. I don't know if he thinks he's possessed or.
0: Can you describe him more?
4: He's probably in his like late thirties. Mm, he's thin. He's yelling at me. He's very agitated.
0: What is he yelling?
4: Uh, to get out. He said that he'd kill me if I came here.
6: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
4: He's like a a madman. He's yelling at me.
0: What is he yelling
4: uh, to get out. He told me that he'd kill me if I came here. And I said, oh, yeah, bring it on. Now he's small and weak and cowering, and, um, he's crying. He's, like, sad, depressed.
5: Frankie, I was talking to your mom earlier, and, uh, she basically told me
3: you had a rough growing up here. Can you tell me about some of the experiences you had? There was one time I was coming outside of the house, and I looked up from the porch at that window and I seen this figure moving back and forth, you know, trying to hide, but at the same time watching us. Could you describe the guy? It was a white outline figure. Did you ever see it again? Yes. A few months later, uh, I seen the same figure up in the corner over there. And its head was actually tilted down. I could see the rope around its neck and its head just hanging to the side. So it looked like it was somebody that was hung? Yeah.
4: This male, I guess he kind of just lost his mind or something. My head hurts so, oh, so bad up here. Bad pain in my head, bad, bad pain in my head. I'm feeling the agony this man went through. He is lost, confused, and completely out of his mind. He killed himself. It happened here. There's something with a rope.
3: How old were you when this is all going on? Around nine, ten years old. How were you sleeping at night? I wasn't really sleeping good at all for a few years straight. I had the same dream of this man standing in the yard watching me. Describe him to me. Wasn't that tall, had a mask on, regular pants. What do you mean, had a mask on? It was a plain white mask. Couldn't see his face, nothing. How'd you deal with that? It bothered me as a kid a lot. I felt like it was supposed to like mean something to me, like I was supposed to understand something. But I still, to this day, don't understand.
0: Okay.
4: Those things, they're just all over here.
0: What did it look like?
4: Human-shaped, very broad, big arms. Okay. As I head back to the house, I have to pass by the seven-foot-tall creatures again. I don't know why they're here, but I know they're hiding something. Like how many? Six to ten, maybe. They were exchanging masks, like white masks.
0: Do you think living people have seen these?
4: Definitely, I think they've like seen them and like had like encounters with them and f- freaked the f- out because they are very scary.
5: Oh, Franco, I spoke with your daughter. She told me she was getting physically touched. Your grandson is pretty much traumatized by everything that happened here. He's still traumatized. I was wondering if you ever experienced anything here. Oh, I sure did. In the dining room,
7: a figure walked in and he looked at me and like he was surprised that I was here. And this was a real tall, slender man, had this old jacket, uh, almost like a suit jacket, but again, from way back when. Did you see anything else in this house? Just one other time. One night I was in here watching TV and Right to the right on the floor I see this little white cloud. And then it started moving, and I could see the shape of a head and little arms. You kidding? Almost like a premature baby. It was slowly moving around. Wow.
4: The little boy thing, whatever the f- it is. He likes really bad. F- but he lets things. In that are really bad sometimes. But he seems too evil to be a five-year-old. Yeah, he's a liar. I think he's tr- tricking me. I think he's a liar. I don't like him, okay. that it's not a real kid. I think that the burrowing monster is this child. And I think that it'll torment the people who are living here.
0: Do you know if uh, people here see this boy?
4: I think so, but I don't think they necessarily see him like I do.
0: So you're saying that he might project himself differently to different people to influence their perception of him? Yes. Do you know if they have any kind of interaction?
4: He makes them feel sick or he makes them hurt or something along those lines. It feels like he can easily travel back and forth.
5: With all the activity in this house, I need to know about the previous owners so I went to the local library to see what I could uncover in their records. Digging through the archives, I was shocked to discover that two brothers committed suicide at the location I'm investigating. The newspaper articles didn't have many details. So I'm headed over to meet with a retired Belvedere cop who says he's got information to help my case.
6: What were you able to find out about these suicides? Well, actually, Steve, this was one of the most interesting cases I've ever looked into. Back in 1939, Thomas Smith, a 24-year-old young man, was quite despondent, and he ended up having an argument with his girlfriend. And uh, later that evening, he went out into the kitchen and uh, took a 22 caliber pistol and shot himself in the heart. I was able to come up with the uh, actual death certificate now what about the second suicide well in 1961 Thomas's brother Raymond also committed suicide using the exact same gun that Thomas had shot himself with 20 years earlier and I also have a a copy of the medical examiner's report he lived alone with his mother had no girlfriends wasn't sick there was really no indication as to why he would want to commit suicide.
4: This demon says he controls the house and everyone in it, and I get the feeling he's about to prove it. I think it's uh, self-inflicted. What do you mean? I saw a noose hanging from the beams.
6: Raymond takes the gun that his brother used. He shoots himself in the same manner, but he doesn't die. So he looks up and sees this rope, decides to put it around his neck, and hang himself. Have you ever heard of anything like that? No. Of the 23 years, I I never had anything like this happen.
4: He says he was trying to find a way out for a long time, long time. I guess he kind of just lost his mind or something. There's a lot of blood. I hear somebody yelling. I hear a male yelling. I go to a gun shop, and there's the pain in my head. Doesn't like this. He doesn't like that we're up, that we're in his, his domain.
0: Who is he that you're talking about?
4: That man who killed himself.
5: After Bill filled me in on the details of the suicides, clearly I need to find out a lot more about the Smith family who owned the property I'm investigating. I've contacted a local historian who tells me
0: their story is a tragedy. The Smith family settled here about 1899. Charles Smith was the father. He settled the area, had 13 children, and then his oldest son, Edward, took it over. Okay. Edward was married to a woman named Asika, and he had ten children, and of those, six of them died on the property. Six, so it's more than just the two suicides. There were four children that died. We had one girl died at the age of six from cancer of the arm. Another girl died from pneumonia at the age of four. The third girl died at the age of nine months from bronchitis. And finally, they had a baby boy who was stillborn. Do you know why he killed himself? sad, depressed.
4: I think a lot of his his uh, family or friends or both were killed.
0: Can you tell how they were killed?
4: It's like everybody's eating, and it's great, and it's evening, and something bad, and then they're dead. They're all bodies are, they're all messed up. They are all bloody. Everybody put in a hole or some <laughs> And he's uh, he's all
5: I need to find out more about the Smith family and what they went through. So I've managed to track down a descendant of the two brothers who killed themselves. He says he's willing to talk to me about a very dark chapter in his family's history. Trevor, thanks for meeting me. I appreciate it. You know I'm investigating uh, Thomas and Raymond's suicides on the
8: property that your family owned. What is your relationship with uh, Raymond and Thomas? My grandpa is Raymond and Thomas's youngest brother. What can you tell me about their father, Ed Sr.? This is my great-grandfather. I heard he was a hard-working kind of man. They put in long-hour days, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours. The winters were harsh, but he enjoyed doing it because they knew they had to provide for the family.
4: There's something about this old man, Grandpa. Like an Ed, Eddie, Edgar. He's a farmer literally the image of a farmer overalls cut off sleeves big rosy guy anyways he died he comes here still uh
8: i gotta ask you a question how did these suicides affect your family when thomas committed suicide they were sad and they were heartbroken but they kind of saw it happening since him and his girlfriend broke up but when ray died nobody was expecting that this is raymond all in all, the family was upset, but it kind of erased the family. and It kind of made them just go all their own ways. Trevor, I read in an article that your
5: great-grandmother, Asuka basically had no emotion or no reaction when they found Raymond.
8: I believe myself that she was more shell-shocked or just all in all just shocked about it. That was her, and then this is after Raymond passed away. Within the two years, three years after Ray died, Asica passed away. She uh, came down with an illness, and then she went anorexic, and she was 63 pounds. So she took it probably the hardest. She committed suicide, too, in a sense. I mean, you know, she just pretty much quit eating, went into a bad depression, and just took her from there.
4: Some woman, her heart's broken. Nobody's gonna do anything to make it right, and she is not okay about any of this. So she keeps skipping through time. So I see her younger, she's happy, it's summer, all good things, and then she's old. She's so sad and lost.
0: Why is she sad?
4: She feels like a huge sense of loss.
0: Do you know if she was here on this property when she was living?
4: Yes.
5: A lot of bizarre activity has taken place on Franco's property, and Judy's worried that has followed her to a new home. As much as I don't like breaking the rules, I need to meet with Amy and have her walk Judy's house. Okay, I'll set it up. There's stuff
4: that comes Inside, from out here, there's people. They've been called. They've been asked to come into the back of the house.
0: What do you mean they've been asked to come?
4: They've been invited. So I'm assuming one of the owners, or both, invited them to come here. A lot of dead people are being drawn to this location. Either the people who live here are trying to communicate with them, or they have abilities that are unintentionally attracting the dead. I feel like there are two people that have been having experiences. And there's so much, like, like these voices that are in the air constantly talking. My body doesn't feel comfortable here. It's like, you know, this annoying hum.
0: Mm. Is what's going on dangerous for them?
4: Yeah. Open invitation. They've had nasty (laughs) come in. During my walk, I encountered many entities. I wanted to sketch the two I saw most clearly. First, the old woman. She's probably in her 80s. Very round face. Very, very thin hair. Going down to back here. Her eyes are actually rather large, round, and kind of bulbous like protruding. Next, I described the seven foot tall entity. It was wearing a mask, so it has a very oval head. The eyes and the mask are, are very almond shape. It has a stripe that goes right across the eyes like that. Amy, is this what you saw?
5: Yes. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to the clients and each other for the first time. Amy, I want to introduce you to three generations here. Franco lives here. Judy and Frankie did live here. And things got so bad for the three of them that Judy and Frankie actually moved out concern here is, is it safe for Franco to stay? And has Judy and Frankie taken something back to where they live now? Are they going to be okay? So with that, Amy will start and tell us about her walk.
4: The first thing that I got was this little creature, maybe about this tall. And um, it would burrow into the ground, and it felt very, very negative. And then... I saw these creature things out in the yard. They were like seven feet tall, abnormally long arms, muscular. They were wearing two different types of masks.
3: When I was a little kid, would go to bed. uh, And in the dream, I would be looking out my second floor window into the yard. And I would see just one man standing there, wouldn't do nothing, wouldn't move and he had a mask on, and I would have that dream constantly.
4: Oh my God, oh my God. Okay, all right, I drew it.
3: You did a
5: sketch of what you saw. Wow. Well, I think I'd be afraid if I saw that in the middle of the night, too.
3: Yeah, that's, looks like him.
2: It's scary.
3: Are they like guardians or something?
4: Not in a good way.
5: I wouldn't know why you would call that a guardian. Okay, Amy, what else did you say?
4: When I came in here, I saw this uh, really nice guy. Uh, he's a farmer, um, he lived here. I know he died here. He, he comes in the barn a lot, but he's all around. And his name was Ed or Eddie.
5: you kidding. Ed or Eddie? Mm Mm-hmm. Do me a favor, before I move on, just tell her about Frank, if you can, the guy you saw in the house.
7: The guy that I saw in the house was very
5: tall, lean, uh, very old-fashionedly dressed. The original settler on this land was a second generation farmer by the name of Eddie Smith, Edward Smith. And he uh, farmed this land for probably 70 years. He was a nice guy, apparently. He was 10 children. Jeez.
7: That looks more than like what I have seen. Is that <laughs> he looked just like that. I seen him with my own eyes. Well, do you
5: think this could have been? I
4: mean, him?
5: yeah. It's incredible.
4: The other person that I saw was right here in this barn. He like was suicidal. He just kind of snapped. I saw an old pistol and then I heard a gunshot. But I'm looking at the, these and I'm like, he hung himself.
5: She almost nailed this down to 100%. His son, Raymond, in 1961, committed suicide in this bond. This is Raymond. He committed suicide by shooting himself in the chest with an old pistol. Oh, my God. Apparently, he didn't die right away.
4: Oh, my God. So he
5: decided that he wasn't dying fast enough. He took a rope and then hung himself. I know 10 people personally that have committed suicide. And nine out of those 10, I I could see it coming. They didn't see that with this guy. They did not see it coming at all. So it was pretty much a a big shock. You look upset, Judy. Tell Amy what you saw that time.
2: My dad went out of town, and he asked me to come here one evening to take care of the animals. I looked up and I saw a guy look like this out the window at me and I just turned around and ran for the house screaming. I don't think I've ever been so petrified in my life.
3: Same thing kind of along the lines with my mother. I look up at the barn, just some reason made me look, you know, and I noticed this white figure peeking its head through the window, but at the same time trying to hide. It was the same window? The same window. Okay. Didn't want us to know he was there, but he was peeking.
5: Well, there's a little bit of a kicker to the whole story about the Smith family. Raymond here had an older brother that committed suicide in the kitchen of your house with the same exact gun that oh he killed God, himself are you kidding with. kidding me? The same 22-caliber gun. He shot himself in the chest area, the same exact way he did in the kitchen of your house.
4: Hmm. I saw friends and family off to the side, um, and then I saw them all dead.
5: Really? How many? Five or six. The story of the Smith family is pretty tragic. He had 10 kids. Six of them died. Two to suicide. He also had a six-year-old daughter died of cancer of the arm.
4: Oh, my gosh.
5: Yeah. He had a five-year-old daughter uh, died of pneumonia. He had a nine-month-old daughter died of uh, bronchitis. And then he had a son that was stillborn.
7: That explains
5: what I saw probably was in my
7: living room one night and I see this little white ball on the floor and you could tell it was like a preemie baby, just mm. kind of arms and feet moving. You could tell the shape of a baby, but not fully formed.
5: So, what else did you see?
4: Outside, over here. I met um, an older lady and she was really heartbroken and she was,
5: like, old.
4: She's just so uh, sad and lost that Um, You know, nothing can make it better.
5: Who would that sound like? The mom, right? Right. Ed Sr.'s wife was named Asica. After Raymond killed himself, she just went into a downward spiral, and she wound up dying three years later. I got a photo of her. She was 63 pounds when she died.
4: Oh, my goodness. So I sketched the sad woman
5: that I saw. You guys tell me what you think. Wow. Yeah, i will call that her.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks like the mouth
3: exactly. Yeah. Definitely in the mouth, the nose. You do think this is her?
4: Yeah, it's very possible.
3: So they're still here? Like they could be standing right next to us right now as we speak?
4: Yes. The other thing that I saw when I went into the house was a child, a five-year-old little boy. He was very angelic-looking, except he didn't have any eyes, and there were like, this light coming out of his eyes. His main area is the house, but he can go anywhere. He's very, very powerful. Initially, he showed me, like, this sweet little boy, but it, it wasn't real. It was to gain my sympathy, to trick me. And then when I chased him out of the barn, he turned into the, that little creature thing. It dove into the ground and was burrowing in the ground. The child is not a child. It's some kind of demonic presence. And what it did to this family was it caused two suicides. It probably influenced them to do it and probably killed the girls, the children, because they're weak, and completely destroyed the family.
5: You were concerned about Frankie because you feel like you were losing him at some point?
2: Yeah, I mean, he was getting to the point where, you know, like nothing mattered and just became distant, you know, and I don't want that to happen.
5: Well. There's obviously a lot going on here. Two biggest questions. Is it safe for Franco at this house? And did this thing follow you two guys to your new home? And are you safe there? With that, I'm going to turn it over to Amy, and hopefully she will have an answer.
4: In your house, you guys are getting an influx of random people and things coming in the back door and the back window. But the good news is that your house is a lot easier to contain. Um, All you need to do is bring in a holy man who will have a blessing done and a sealing done. Okay. But this property, your situation is a little bit different. You know, this thing's been here for a long time. It can affect people. So you really need to not only get the blessing and get the sealing done, but also you need to bring in a shaman who will deal with the elementals and seal up the property so that the demonic thing can't get back in. Elementals are entities created by nature. The creature tormenting this family never lived, so a priest wouldn't be able to get rid of it, only a shaman.
5: My concern is that if you don't take care of this, what could happen?
4: Oh, it'd be bad. It'll continue.
5: So what what do they do first?
4: It'd be great if you could do it all at the same time, really. Like, if you could have the shaman here and have the priest or the holy man, that would be great.
5: You have that look on your face
7: like you don't believe what... No, I've heard stories before, actually, from my friend uh, that that is uh, half Indian, how this one family had evil spirits, and they called one of these shamans and got rid of all those evil spirits that were in the house. Okay, so you're going
5: to take Amy's advice and do this? Yes. In your opinion... You think once they take care of all this, that things will get better?
4: I think that their home environment will be much better. You know, the chaos will subside.
5: I don't want to see what happened to this family. God forbid happen happened to your family. That's why I want you to promise that you at least do what you have to do. And I can walk out of here tonight feeling better.
2: You can guarantee I will be doing that. Okay.
3: What about you? Yeah, I'm definitely going to take up what she said. Okay.
4: I witnessed exactly what Frankie saw, and the sketch proves it. But that can be hard for a young man to accept. I just hope this family keeps their promise, because I believe their lives could depend on it.